back uh, live from Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. We are in the uh, 5.30 uh, half hour now. Our goal for this hour in the Fall Live Drive to 2020 is $2,000. And so uh, we have some giving levels that uh, folks can shoot for. Uh, the Archangel at uh, $5,000. Uh, the Apostle at 1000 the Disciple at 500 the Messenger at $360 or $30 a month, and the Evangelist at uh, $250. Now, uh, folks, you can uh, call in, make your pledge. Uh, that is, uh, the number is 877-795-0122. Again, that number, 877-795-0122. And uh, Father, uh, uh, my name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with Father Craig Hochalter from uh, Trinity High School. And thank you for the invitation to come uh, to Trinity, uh, Father Craig, and uh, uh, do our live drive here. You know, Mike, it's good to be here. It's, uh, I think I've had a, not as many as you have had, but certainly uh, my live drive resume is somewhere our resume is some my my resume is somewhere along yours in terms of uh, this might be my fourth or fifth live drive in my oh. history of hosting radio shows for Real Presence Radio, and I'll be back next week too. I think I got a live show right here in the Fisher Commons of Trinity High School here in Dickinson. So the fact that I get to walk from my office to the radio station, which is actually in this building, is something I'm really grateful for, Mike. So thanks for having me on. Indeed, indeed. And the number of the call, folks, is 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. And we are uh, uh, very excited about uh, the uh, success that we've had today. And thank you f to all those donors that have called in their pledge. We are most appreciative. Uh, again, we are 100% listener-supported. And, uh, Father... The uh, $1,000 or the uh, apostle level, the apostle level, uh, giving a level is uh, uh, those folks are going to receive uh, a gift. And as a thank you, the donors who give $1,000 or more during the live drive will receive a St. Michael chaplet that is touched to a reliquary containing a rock from St. Michael's Cave in Italy. Uh, this is one of the holiest places in Italy and indeed throughout Christendom. Located on the east coast of Italy, close to Padre Pio's shrine. So we have a nice, nice gift for those uh, uh, giving $1,000 or more, and that's the apostle level. And you can uh, call in your pledge at 877 795 And uh, our next guest... Our next guest, we have uh, Deacon Dan and Nancy Tui from uh, Kildare, North Dakota, St. Joseph's Parish in Kildare, North Dakota. Welcome, Deacon Dan and Nancy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hi, Mike and uh, Father Craig. Hi, Mike and Father Craig. This is Nancy. How are the Tuis tonight? Very well, very well. Glad to hear it. A few days into October, the fall has been good so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's been good, and it's just beautiful today, so uh, yeah, we're thankful for that. Yeah, Mother Nature's been good to us. Well, welcome to the show on behalf of Mike and I. Uh, you mm -hmm. certainly have 
uh, a great perspective and a holy perspective to offer, Deacon Dan, and, and with your wife, Nancy. Uh, you, you, in a sense, live, you, you and your wife live a call within a call. Isn't that right, Deacon Dan, as a permanent deacon of the Catholic Church serving uh, St. Joseph's in Kildare, and then also beautiful um, part as husband and father in the, in the sacrament of Christian marriage. So mm-hmm. let's start from the beginning. Uh, well, let's go way back when. Uh, how many years of marriage and that many years ago, how did you guys meet Deacon Dan? <laughs> uh, well, as of this past May, I've been married to my wonderful wife, uh, wife Nancy, uh, my best friend, my most fervent supporter for 46 years. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, we we actually met in uh, college at NDSU at the uh, at the Newman Center, of course. Uh, my younger sister had been uh, become acquainted with Nancy, and she introduced us after Mass one Sunday. And so we uh, we started dating, and we were married 15 months later. And so I, I think it's fair to say that our faith brought us together and has played a large role in our lives ever since. Nancy, um, how many children and grandchildren do you have? We have four children, and we just had our 12th grandchild uh, this past May. Oh, congratulations. Uh, mm-hmm. Much much to be thankful for, for the Lord's blessing. 46 years of marriage. Thank you for that witness to love and that commitment. It cannot be more important than it is now uh, in 2020, just to show that it's it's a wonderful thing. and. Uh, I, I want to extend the, really just this invitation to all those young couples or perhaps um, uh, more experienced that are preparing for the sacrament of Christian marriage uh, right here, a Deacon Dan and Nancy Tui, living examples of 46 years of, of I do and of, of a real promise to themselves and to one another, uh, to one another and to God. Um, certainly, Deacon Dan, let's go back to you. Your marriage is a beautiful example of a vocation. 46 years of I do. That's a wonderful example of the vocation to marriage. Um, but the call within a call, from there you received an invitation, a moment of grace to serve the church as a deacon. Uh, take us back to how that call was like. What was it like in your life? How was your, How did you experience it? And how did you respond? <clears throat> well, of course, we all go through uh, different processes in our, in our discernment of the diaconate and uh, for me, the discernment process uh, was a very long and winding road that took many, many years. Um, if you remember the gospel reading a couple of weeks ago about the two sons that were asked to work in their father's vineyard, I compared myself to the son that said, uh, no, no, not now, uh, I don't have time, and then eventually changed his mind and did what his father asked. And so, uh, although I had a bit of... Uh, thought a bit about being a deacon. In my mind, there were just uh, so many obstacles to overcome uh, that it seemed that it would never be possible for me uh, to enter into formation. Uh, besides a very busy family life, we both worked full-time off the farm, and there was also the farm and the cabin to take care of. And uh, on top of that, I was a shift worker, which meant I had to work a lot of weekends, which was always my uh, go-to excuse not to get too serious about the diaconate, mm-hmm. since I knew all the formation classes took place on weekends. And uh, so uh, somewhere, though, around the end of uh, 2003, my life took a rather dramatic turn, and I had four job changes in a five-year period. 
And uh, at the end of all that, I was again working in the oil field, but now working a regular weekday schedule with my weekends off. So God had taken care of that problem. Deacon Dan, you um, you, you know you mentioned. I'm, I'm glad you said it the way you did. I think that's a, a really valuable point that you kind of had in your imagination all these hindrances, all these obstacles to you saying mm-hmm. yes to the Lord. Um, you know, it, when you look back at it, how long do you think your discernment lasted? I mean, did you, you know, noticing all these obstacles, was it a matter of months, a matter of weeks? <laughs> Although it was quite a bit longer than that. Um... I, I would say it was a matter of years uh, for me. I mean, it, it just was, a, you know, I, I had always, I, I had had some encouragement from people about the diaconate, and so it was kind of in the back of my mind for a long, long time, and, and uh, but I just, uh, I just kind of uh, never really got too serious about it for a lot of the reasons that I, you know, talked about earlier, but uh you know, once my schedule changed, and uh, in the midst of all that, uh, I had made a, a pilgrimage to Lord. Nancy and I had both gone to, to Lord's, and I, I'd had a conversion of heart there. And uh, my resistance to the academic, uh just kind of went away. And uh, most amazingly of all, I, I, I actually received a letter from a parishioner about the same time uh, who was quite insistent that I had a call to the diaconate. Uh, to this day, I have no idea how she did that, but she seemed quite convinced that I did. <laughs> and so it was becoming clear to me that God was encouraging me and clearing the path for me to enter the diaconate program. And so after many years, of, uh, another year of pondering and much prayer, uh, one day I was driving down the road in my, in my work vehicle, listening to the Catholic Channel on, uh, actually at that time, Sirius Radio, uh, because we uh, didn't have a real presence radio yet in our area. And I heard the speaker say that uh, if you think you have been resisting God's will for your life, you should ask yourself right now, right now, today, if not now, then when? Well, I, tell, I must tell you that it was as, as if God was speaking directly to me. And I literally pulled off the road right then and there and made the call. And we got the application process going, and we were in our first formation class within a month. And so uh, as I look back on all the twists and turns that happened to make that happen, to bring, bring my uh, vocation to the forefront of my life, I can, I can certainly see the hand of God and how he slowly and gently brought me to the right place to respond to the call. Uh, although right at the end, he wasn't all that gentle. He was right in my face. <laughs> Deacon Dan, thank you for sharing that. That's I'm so pleased you were able to share that. Nancy, as we wrap up here in this time with you, can you share with us? You know, you know, what are some of the graces of these duties you see as a wife of a deacon and and living the call within a call? What are some of the blessings? We know that there's there's many more responsibilities as a wife and mother, and the duties are there. Can, can you share with our listeners, in, in short, what are some of those graces you received? Well, I think um, just working with parishioners on, you know, as a deacon's wife, um, but it's, it's actually a privilege. Um, I think if I had to pinpoint one special grace is uh, when 
Dan has, Deacon Dan has a funeral vigil to prepare for. We usually meet with the families and we get to know them and uh, God provides grace for us to um, meet them in their, one of the saddest times of their lives and, and really get to know them and provide comfort and peace to them. And you can just feel the Holy Spirit working in those meetings. And, um, <clears throat> you know, over the years, we've been with parishioners through baptisms, weddings, funerals, their happiest and their saddest times. And um, it's, it's just very gratifying and uh, spiritual. Yes. Yes, uh, Deacon Dan and Nancy, thank you very much for uh, uh, coming on the air with us. Uh, in the last uh, uh, minute here, could you uh, give us uh, could you give us a uh, uh, or oh, just a statement of what uh, uh, Real Presence Radio has has meant to you and your family? Well, you know we we got uh, Real Presence Radio here. Uh, in uh, maybe 2012 or 2013 when the, the Richardson station uh, came online. And so, uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't all that excited about uh, Catholic radio until I listened to it <laughs> the first time, and then I just became an, uh, an avid listener and listened to nothing else. And, uh, yeah, so for Nancy and I, I mean, it's just been a, it's a huge, huge blessing. It's a... It's a a blessing to a deacon and his wife to be able to listen uh, to all the great things that are on Real Presence Radio, and uh, okay. it's uh, really helped us in our ministry. Wonderful. Well, uh, Deacon Dan and Nancy Tui from Kildare, North Dakota, thank you for joining us on this uh, Live Drive uh, two, 2020, and uh, God bless you guys. You have a good rest of your night. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Thank good you, Mike. to be with you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Uh, and, and folks, we are uh, on the uh, second hour of, or, or the uh, second to the last hour of our live drive. And uh, the number to call in your pledge is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. And in the house, ladies and gentlemen, in the house, we have uh, Monsignor Thomas Richter, the pastor at. Uh, Queen of Peace Parish in Dickinson, North Dakota. And uh, folks, uh, Queen of Peace Parish is one of the participating parishes in the Incredible Parish Challenge. And again, the winner, uh, that is the uh, uh, parishioners and friends that call in uh, with their parish name. uh, The parish uh, on Friday at 6.05 p.m., uh, the winner of the Incredible Parish Challenge will be named... And one one thousand dollar prize will be awarded to the parishes that, or to the parish that raises the most money, and uh, another thousand dollar prize will be awarded to the parish that has the most callers donate. And uh, we have here uh, Monsignor Thomas Richter. Welcome, Monsignor. Good, to, good to be here, Mike. Thank you for having me. And uh, uh, you know, you have a chance to. I know you can sell, so uh, uh, you have a chance here to talk about. Uh, uh, Queen of Peace Parish, and why is uh, Queen of Peace an incredible parish, Monsignor? Well, not only to sell, I want to win this competition. What's the what's the re- leading horse? What's the what's the amount right now? Do we know? Oh, I'll check that. I'll check that, and uh, I'll have that for you in just a minute. 
But uh, thank you again, sincerely, Mike, for having us. It's a wonderful way to promote uh, the parish and all the great things that God is doing in the good people of Queen of Peace. We have uh, way too many things to boast about in this puny little, what, 20 minutes you gave me? Yeah. I'm insulted to think we, you could, I could tell you all the great things that are happening in such a short, short amount of time. It's actually first, 12 minutes. 12? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, 11. For, first, off, first off, we have Father Craig Hochalter <laughs> at Queen of Peace. Uh, that, Thank you, Monsignor. <laughs> He has done fabulous work uh, when I'm away. He steps in, and they're so he's you know he's a favorite son there, uh, baptized, many sacraments. confirmed, yes, etc. Um, Thank you. Great things that are going on at Queen of Peace. Uh, the big umbrella that I would like to think we're doing well and trying our best in, especially in the uh, terrible parameters we're living in right now, is evangelization. It. Um, what fills my heart and fires my heart every single day is that Christ be known and loved. And um, it, he is. He is at Queen of Peace. The Queen of Peace loves him, and uh, mm-hmm. the love she has for him is very evident in the people of Queen of Peace Parish. We love Jesus, and we want him to be known. And we're doing our best uh, to accomplish that. Uh, some of the, the new things, um, it might be for some people a small thing, it, it seems, but right, we get to know God through truth, goodness, and beauty. And over the last couple of years, we've made a real effort to beautify um, our already beautiful Queen of Peace Church. Um, with, with COVID, we thought we would take advantage of a crisis <laughs> with no public masses. So we did a beautiful um, renovation project of the sanctuary that uh, people just love, and it's prayerful. And, um, in fact, uh, some people said they were a bit sad when Eucharistic Adoration went back into the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel and not on the main altar. Mm. But some beautiful uh, original statues of the Blessed Mother and of uh, St. Joseph holding the Christ child as he's waking up from a nap, rubbing his eyes. Um and and so a beautiful crucifix we put in a year and a half ago on Good Friday. We all kissed Jesus' feet on this crucifix and uh, put him up. And now beautiful. these beautiful panels beautiful. behind. Um, we're just finishing. If you drive by on 12th Street West, we are creating a piazza to Mary, Queen of Peace. And in the center of it is going to be a six-foot bronze statue of the Queen of Peace original from St. Mary Major in Rome. Hmm. Um, going to be greeting everyone who drives on 12th Street West. All the flowers and trees and shrubs are going in today, and it's extraordinary. New sign, uh, all new uh, retaining wall, lights, rocks, the whole works. My my only fear is it's so beautiful it could cause accidents. <laughs> so, uh, dear people, be careful when you drive along 12th Street West. It's going to be a dis uh, could be a distraction. It's going to be so engaging. Um, <laughs> But, right, we're not about bricks and mortar when it's all said and done. Those bricks and mortars about leading so that Jesus is known and loved. And so um, a couple of things that we're really excited about, we're getting, we're getting every, all our ducks in a row. Um, hired on a new uh, director of faith formation, Catherine McFadden. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dana Koslecki did such good work prior, but she was only part-time. And so we stepped up, did full-time, hired this new, young, excited, on-fire uh, University of Mary grad, Catherine uh, McFadden, 
um, who is doing, she's been involved at Core Christi for about 10 years, ever since it began. In fact, she was on the ground when uh, Monsignor Shea uh, and Monsignor Guion developed the Core Christi program, and she's been a part of it ever since. Um, she is uh, doing great work there, and uh, 10 of her hours a week I hope to devote to college campus ministry. Wonderful. Reaching out to our uh, college students. As you know, all the, all the um, data shows that people's greatest challenge in being faithful to the faith and not leaving the faith and cherishing the church is in college. And we need to do more. And I feel a huge obligation to do more for our college students. And this is one of the ways we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's hindering us right now is this lousy uh, uh, pandemic we're living under. Um, we're going to start. We're going to start with uh, meals in our uh, beautiful new rectory, and invite college kids over uh, and have uh, twelve, ten. 14 of them over for a meal for meaningful conversation. Monsignor Richter, you, in your inspiration to evangelize, you've spoken about uh, beautifying your church, which you've done, and is a more remarkable, uh, remarkable church on the inside now. Uh, the building of your piazza and the outdoors, and then engaging these college-age students over a meal. What do you want to happen at the meal and the church when they walk into your piazza. What, what, what do you want that experience to be like for your people when it comes down to evangelization? What do you want them to experience in these new spaces? Good. Um, first of all, God attracts us. He doesn't force us. Mm. God right. is attractive. And one of the most attractive forces in the world is beauty. Goodness is also incredibly attractive. To see goodness attracts the heart. To see beauty attracts the heart. And so what do I want uh, to see? What, what to happen inside of the heart in this piazza, in this uh, piazza, in our uh, beautiful church, right, is to be attracted to the beauty of God. And when I say beauty, uh, what's beautiful about God uh, at the end of the day is self-giving love. There's nothing more beautiful than a crucifix. There's nothing more beautiful than God pouring himself out for our good, for our salvation. That's what beauty is. God in the flesh, loving to the point of death. And uh, the Blessed Mother is then, right, an extension of that as she shares in that. So beauty, I want God. I want God. If you want to know my pastoral plan, my pastoral plan. Here it is, listeners. My pastoral plan to the dear people of uh, Queen of Peace and the rest of the whole wide world (laughs) is good pastoring is about stirring in the heart desire for God. Indeed. If you get people to want God, everything else happens. Indeed. Indeed. We're listening to Monsignor Thomas Richter of Queen of Peace Parish in Dickinson, North Dakota. He's our guest for this uh, uh, half hour. And uh, we are uh, just pleased to have him. And uh, again, we're in the second day of our live drive. Folks, please call 877-795-0122. That number again, 877-795-0122. 
And so, uh, Monsignor, I've been driving by and checking the uh, the progress of your. I I come to daily mass there one or, one or two times a week. And uh, just incredible uh, homilies, by the way. Oh, thank so you. So thank you for that. And uh, seeing the progress of not only the new rectory, but the, uh, the corner, the landscaping. Yeah. And I can't wait to see the, uh, the, the six-foot sta- statue of Our, of our Lady uh, as we drive by. And, uh, folks, keep an eye on the road and Our, <laughs> our, our Lady when you drive by. <laughs> Yes. We, we purposely, to make it sound a bit uh, cosmopolitan and sophisticated, <laughs> uh, with, without, uh, at the risk of sounding snobbish, <laughs> instead of just calling it a square, right, which is kind of uh, just a blah word, we're calling it a piazza, which is Italian for square, because um, it also sounds nice with peace, queen mm. of peace, piazza. So it's a nice little tone. Do I, how, how much more time do I have? Oh, you have about, uh, what, Eli, we've got three minutes or so? Two Excellent. Minutes? Two minutes. So, the, so, so go ahead, Monsignor. Yeah, the, the, the other thing I want to mention, which we're uh, excited and thrilled about, is uh, our new model, our new vision for faith formation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of forced upon us, but, but, but it's, it's something I've, oh, we've always wanted, right? That the vision of the church with faith formation has always been the parent is the first teacher Indeed. of the faith Amen. to yep. the, the kids. And the parish exists to provide very robust, meaningful uh, resources and help on all levels to the parent to carry out their mission from Jesus. This is a mission from God, not from a church, not from a uh, pastor, not from anybody else. And so... Now, because of the directives of the bishop, we can't we can't meet uh, in, in person, and with, with the way we did in the past. And so now mm. we have moved to an in-home model, and I'm excited about what's going to happen to the parents. Huh? So we we have shifted from focusing on the kids. That's what that's what the, the CCD model was. Uh, people drop off their kids. We focus on teaching kids. No more. We focus on forming the parents, teaching the parents, inspiring the parents, encouraging the parents. Listen, any parent who believes that there's a heaven and a hell, and they're real, can't help but absolute have a fire in their heart to pass on the faith to the kids. Indeed. And they're the ones with the power and the influence in the child. And so we exist to help them, not substitute for them, to supplement them. Etc. And we got a heck of a program, a heck of a program to do that. And our our parents are responding. Oh, wonderful! That's wonderful, Monsignor. What a great program. Go ahead, finish if, up. If we do our job rightly, this could become the focus model for parishes. Aha! Uh-huh. Where we now have parents forming parents to then form other parents. All right. Don't Thanks go for away. having me. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Thank you, Monsignor Thomas Richter. <laughs> 